0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Silver Bullet Saga podcast. I'm your host, Brian Vonderhaar, Uh, coming off an amazing win last week, kind of a uh, coming out party for many of uh, players on Ohio State's offense and defense uh, against Rutgers last week up in Piscataway, New Jersey, but joined as always, I'm here with my co-host, Adam Vonderhaar. Adam, how are you doing? Ryan, I would just say this. Um, uh, they, they say that there are many saints of Newark. I would say the, the newest saint would be, you know, St. Brutus. Okay. We absolutely owned Retkus last weekend. The vibes are back. The boys are back. The, the boys are busting. We, we are so excited for the season. I cannot, I, I am so excited. All right. We're, we're going to win a Super Bowl this year. How are you doing, Mike? I think I did text uh, a Buckeye group and I, I said, you know, where do you think we'll put the national championship trophy this year? You know, I, I know that they do normally put them, you know, all in the Woody Hayes and kind of the trophy section, but, you know, just, it's never too early to start thinking. And obviously, we, we both know win. that, Ryan. We've delivered <laughs> yeah. pizzas to the Woody, okay? We've taken many, our many times. We've taken our selfies with the trophy. So, you know, we know right I mean, where it's at. I made tweet that selfie to accompany this uh, this episode just just for the comedic <laughs> value. But yeah, Adam and I in college definitely spent some time pretending to be young high school recruits, being schmoozed around by Urban Meyer. <coughs> uh, anyway, in the Woody Hayes uh, athletic facility, it's an excellent place. It's a great place, and I can see why they are able to uh, obviously uh, you know handle so many commitments there. Um, Adam last week's episode with Tyvis Powell. I mean, not to beat a dead horse, but how awesome was that? Is there a more energetic, passionate, and hilarious voice in Ohio State media? I'll answer that. I'll answer my own question. There's not. Absolute electricity, just a people person. So glad he was willing to come on the podcast, but that just speaks to the character of the individual. Um, by far, you know, the most hyped episode of SBS uh, since our creation, but man, he brought the juice and uh, he, uh, you know what? People are questioning it. I'll just go ahead and confirm. Tybus coming on this podcast is the reason we scored 45 points in the first half against Rutgers. Okay. That's what I got to say about that. That's a good point. Yeah. Loved having Tybus on. Hopefully he becomes a returning or reoccurring guest. But once again, just excellent and his humor and his laughter, just contagious. I, I just really enjoyed talking to him. So hopefully we can continue that into the future and, and keep kind of keeping that momentum and continue getting some Ohio State uh, guests, which because I, I think we got a lot of positive feedback, but Adam back to last week, I mean we kind of touched on it with how hyped we were out of the break, but Ohio state enters last Saturday, ranked 11th in the country, heading up to Piscataway to take on those fighting Rutgers, Scarlet Knights Um, heading into that game. Rutgers was three and one looked pretty strong, uh, you know, for the start of their season. We saw what they did last year. You know, Shiano didn't pull any punches. He was ready to win the game at all costs, pulled out a few trick plays to try and, you know, make it a game. And he did last year, you know, I I can (laughs) kind of, Reminiscent of some of the games we've had this year where we don't get the backups in in a game that we would expect them to, well, we weren't able to last year. Well, 2021 is a, a new situation, a new year, and uh, this Buckeye team obviously uh, made some great impressions on Saturday. Adam, just maybe talk about a couple of your favorite uh, observations from Saturday. I mean, I think the biggest takeaway from Ohio, for Ohio State fans is just C.J. Stroud's accuracy uh, you know, 10 yards plus on these passes, previous games, we had him out there. He was sailing passes be, you know, beyond 15 yards, not all of them, but enough that people started to notice can this guy make the deep pass or is he, you know, I remember is a, a Joe Milton from last year or the year before, uh, you know, with Michigan or with meat chicken, the team up North just could not seem to figure it out. I think a week off did everything it needed to for CJ. It pretty much couldn't have worked out any better almost storybook-like, you know, what one week off could do for a guy. I think his confidence is up. I think he knows he can make these passes. For me, the main takeaway against Rutgers was just his ability. And a game that, you know, last year you talked about it. They brought brought the fight, you know, this year against Meat Chicken, they brought it down to the wire, which made me as an Ohio State fan for the first time nervous to face Rutgers. Not super nervous, but nervous enough in my pick that they would uh, cover the spread. And, uh, man, what, what a showing defense also, I mean, CJ and the defense is, has there ever been that much more improvement, you know, against like a three week period than we've seen in those two position groups. Boy, I tell you, you know, today, how much would this Ohio state team like to have another shot at Oregon, you know, a few weeks ago, but no, Adam, I, uh, Completely agree with what you said. And the cool thing about a game like this is you start to see those emerging names, right? Like before this season started, the entire offseason, right? You have such a young team. It's all about predicting who are going to be your breakout stars. Well, you know, this year we are, you know, five games into this season. And this team's, you know, really taking shape in front of our eyes. I don't know how many people I texted or, you know, so so many different Ohio State, you know, group chats that we're always, you know, spouting off in during the game. But it, it literally is one of the most fun things about college football is watching a young team grow together. And that's really, you know, it sounds cliche, but you saw it Saturday and some of that Adam a thousand percent, right? The headline is CJ Stroud. I mean, looked like a totally different player. Uh, not only obviously you said accuracy, but even more than that, timing, timing was perfect. He was locked in with his receivers, hit Jeremy record. I don't know how many times across the middle. Uh, And just making kind of those simple passes that he was missing in, in those first few games. I, excuse me, I don't know how you look at the situation and don't, you know, come away thinking, man, his shoulder really was messed up. You know, those first few games, not only did he look quicker, he looked more confident. He looked like. Maybe some of that time on the sideline against Akron, he was able to. I think sometimes you get that different perspective, you know, being on the sideline and watching somebody else do your job, to where you have that different view of the field. He just he looked more comfortable, more poised, quicker in his decision making. I mean, everything to say. And I want to start with the offense first because there's just so many things to talk about. Um, m- maybe the like on his way to being one of the most electrifying players in Ohio State football history, which is a huge statement, but also speaks to how. Much of an impact he's had through three games, Adam Travion Henderson. I mean, eight carries, 71 yards, a long for 44, which he broke off in the Buckeyes opening drive. But, I mean, <laughs> he's unbelievable. And, you know, Ryan, he gets pulled uh, sure. He gets pulled after half and days asked about it, um, says he's just kind of nicked up and holds him out uh, for precaution. That's exactly what we want you know, and that running back room is so deep that that's what you have to have in a game like this. But yeah, Adam Travion, I mean, what a guy. Trevion, what a guy averaging 8.9 a carry. Typically you're going to win a football game. If you're running back can manage an average, something like that long at 44. So nothing too crazy to throw that stat off on eight carries. I mean, that is a long, but it's not like a hundred yarder or something like that. I think, I mean, there, you can only say so much about that starter because everyone's saying it just, wow, what an impact, yeah. you know, a first year is making on the team. But behind him, <laughs> sneaky, Marcus Crowley. Yes. What an impact of a yeah. guy that has been on this team, a guy that has been in the trenches, you know, pale and hard hat, kind of going to work, <laughs> grinding it out, you know, behind those names, behind Dobbins, okay, behind Teague right? Just waiting and waiting for his turn. And man, it seems like it's here. Anytime trevion has got to come out, I got no problem with Marcus Crowley or master T so many options at rushing. Um, You know uh, you look at my the Williams, box. I mean, game. when he bounced back, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's they say Ryan. he's nicked up right now. They don't really know what the story is on Mayan, but we love yeah. Mayan Williams. I hope, hope to oh, see him yeah. back on the field soon. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, the, the rushing game could not have looked much more effective than it did against Rutgers. And sure, you know, the guys behind Henderson kind of went in at garbage time, but it wasn't garbage time to Rutgers. Those guys were playing for, you know, every inch they could. It's not like Chiano pulled a starters. So um, just very impressive. And CJ Stroud, I mean, 17 for 23. Are you kidding me? Like a 72, 73% passing uh, completion percentage and a QBR of 99 That'll win, exact, that'll, I mean, that'll win you a Heisman. Exactly. That'll win you a Heisman. That will absolutely win you a Heisman. And some of the passes, especially a couple sideline passes to Olave and Jackson Smith and Jigba, passes that it's like, oh, my God, that looked just like Justin Fields. Like yeah, the timing quick, could, quick could decision not making. be more yeah. accurate. Yep. Exactly. I loved it. And, I mean, getting into the passing, and we'll, we'll just kind of – this just to wrap up the offense, but Chris Olave, man, we've been waiting on this. Uh, two games he goes without a touchdown. Uh, Saturday five receptions for 119 yards, uh, average length uh, 23.8 yards uh, and two touchdowns on a long for 56. I mean, I, 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 once again, one of the takeaways from that is just the yards after a catch that these receivers not only can they catch anything that's thrown in their direction that can touch their hands, the ability they have to see the field, the intensity in which the receiver core and the tight ends will block, down the field any any throw has the potential to be broken off which if you have that we already have that in the running back room with Henderson obviously he's a home run hitter but with Wilson or Olave or Smith and Jigba if the ball is in their hands and there's a guy close to that you know a teammate with them that can throw a block that thing's got a 50 percent chance of being a home run every every single time it's crazy I mean it's unbelievable to watch and then Adam I mean our Obviously, we love the tight ends, but Ruckert getting some real action. Four targets for 40 yards. Um, G. Scott Jr., two targets for 15 yards. Mitch Rossi was the storyline coming out of last week. A walk-on player, kind of a fullback tight end hybrid position, uh, records a touchdown. Uh, Just unbelievable. And to read into that this week, to hear... Yeah, his family um, grew up. You know, he's a huge Ohio State fan. His parents both went to Ohio State. I mean, just such a cool story. I guess they were they were they're from New Jersey, I believe. They were there at the game, so just kind of an unbelievable, yeah, storyline there with the receiver core. And I can't skip it, but I mean, Garrett Wilson, you know, three three catches, seventy-one yards, nothing to see here. I mean, both both Alave and Wilson, man, we're gonna watch them on in the NFL for I think a long time to come. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. I mean, what we're feeling a lot like the 2019 offense very all of a sudden. It's like, wow, this is a force to be reckoned with. I don't know if you could feel much more balanced, you know, on offense as a game of what we just did against Rutgers. And if we can keep that kind of momentum going into future games, you know, meat chicken has had a heck of a start to the season. You know, Iowa, Penn State, all these teams could be ahead of us they're going to have a hell of a time trying to stop this offense. So, and and we're going to pivot to defense here, but big steps. Oregon. you 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 mentioned, you mentioned, you mentioned meat chicken, but what, what I believe it was Trestle's quote. What does he say? September is for, do you know it? Pretenders September is for pretenders. November is for contenders and Ohio state. Ohio state right now is on track to be right where they need to be. And you, you touched on it, especially on the offense. It's all about consistency. We need to see it again. And we'll talk about it when we get to Maryland here in just a second. But Adam switching over to the defense, some really sneaky, fun story. I mean, what did we think against Oregon? Right. We're like fire everybody. You know, that was everybody on Twitter saying, you know, these guys are bums. We we can't play, you know, we can't play defense like this. Well, guess what? Hey, maybe these guys can play. Hey, maybe these young guys who needed to kind of change the scheme up? We we went, went from single high, which Ryan Day and Kerry Combs ran at the beginning. Now they're going with uh, two safeties, free safety and a uh, uh, strong safety. And hey, it's it's working. <laughs> you know the, these young guys they're Absolutely. getting their, they're getting reps. Now we're not getting the defensive. We're not getting the defensive end pressure that we're look that we're still. I think we're still going to get, which is crazy to say, but Adam, the defensive tackles, these big, huge mammoths on the inside of the line, they're the ones generating our sacks. And I don't think that anybody really would have guessed that at the beginning of the season, which is kind of crazy. Um, Adam, do you You want to talk? But you know, yeah. Go ahead. Do you want? Why don't you talk about Denzel Burke, true freshman? Yeah, absolutely. He's, you know, I've got the tab pulled up just because holy cow, I believe it's been like 40 years since we've had a, you know, a cornerback freshman make this kind of an impact on a team. We're looking at a guy with 15 tackles and an interception. He is a freshman folks, the guy, you know, we, we could check his birthday. I don't have it here. He might be 17. He's probably 18, but holy cow, Scottsdale, Arizona, you know, that, the impact this kid Scottsdale zone <laughs> at a time where it's got Scottsdale's Scottsdale zone, you know, Denzel Burke, at a time where we couldn't need a guy like that to step up more. Same with Cameron Martinez. If we want to go off about two players, but Denzel, especially, because people maybe didn't see him coming as much. Cameron, absolutely, but just the cornerback room going off of a season like last year, they could not have stepped up more. They're making all the difference. And maybe it comes from Matt Barnes being the play caller now, just could showing be. the talent he has as a 35-year-old coach, you know, still a young guy yeah. doing a great job developing these quarterbacks and then pivoting to the role of calling the defense. I think just we've got to – and this is my favorite type of defense is when the cornerbacks are – you know, just as elite as the front line. So everybody's shaking right now. You'd love to see it. Well, it makes the line better. And Ryan Day talked about that. You know, uh, wh- what's what's the biggest difference, right? We're seeing from the Oregon game to now. Well, the defensive backs are are put in a position to succeed just that much longer. And that's all it takes. You know, the defensive tackles, the defensive ends, they need, they really need about three or four, hopefully five seconds. You know, if, if you can just keep coverage for about five seconds with your receiver, gets them enough time to get to the quarterback. But we talked about it after Oregon, Adam. This team—they didn't look confident. And what do we see now? They're taking steps together. In every game, they're looking more confident. And with confidence in your role comes you putting yourself in a position to succeed. You know, you—not only do you see the play develop in front of you, you know, you're able to predict a little better. You know, what's going to happen? Hey, can I jump this route? Hey, do I trust the safety behind me to make the play if I miss it? You know, I can. I can try and jump up and take an interception here. That's exactly what Denzel did on that cover. Literally, you know, you could, that, that game Saturday got lopsided in a hurry. You know, there's different, I think there's different days that Rutgers team could have hung in there with us, but momentum is such a big thing in college football and Denzel Burke walking that thing. It was a beautiful interception into the end zone. Um, I mean, just, just an awesome way to start the day. Uh, And and with that, I think that's enough for Rutgers. Well, or go ahead. You got anything else? Our, our, well, this, is, this isn't Rutgers, but this is, a, this is just a question I want to pose to you because I heard it on a Columbus radio station today. Could the beginning of this season have started any better than it did how it has? And I say that acknowledging the Oregon loss. I think that had to happen for the defensive coaching staff to make the changes it needed to as far as play calling you know you've got how, how many how many big 10 teams in the top i believe we have five teams in the top 12 right now oh the conference the, the, couldn't, the conference couldn't be doing any more favors for us as far as losses we lose to a great oregon team that looks like they've already knocked themselves out of the playoff contention you know we'll, we'll see later how the how the season plays out but they they're running back uh, just listed out for the season uh, as of this yeah. morning yep hate to see it hate to see it good for us go buckeyes So with that said, I don't know how much folks listening at home, we had to make a change at defensive play calling. There had to be a change. Kerry Combs, I love the guy as much as anyone else. Like he might be my favorite coach at Ohio State, even, you know, well, secondaries because Urban and Ryan, of course, on top. But, man, the guy brings such an energy. It seems like he's got a lacking as far as adjusting on the fly, in-game, play calling. But, man. That change from losing to Oregon, I, I feel like this team has completely pivoted. We're we're seeing an evolution that has not been seen, I would say, since 2014. Ryan, what do you think? Adam carries the reason, and just to give Carry the credit, Carry's the reason we got these dudes. In, in, Absolutely. in the secondary, you know, like he, he came, Ryan Day wanted him back to help recruit. And he's the reason that we have these five-star freshmen, you know, able to play at such a high level. And just to go back to Cameron Martinez really quick, believe he was either a receiver or a he was he's a, a quarterback, Ryan. He was he a was quarterback. Mr. Yeah. He was Mr. Michigan yeah. in high school. He was a playmaker. And they said, it. you know, when he gets the balls in his hands, look out. I remember dad and I at the Tulsa game unbelievable. He gets the balls in his hands. He takes it back for like a 70 yard pick six. He's, he had he's a amazing. seven minute highlight reel in high school yeah. labeled just touchdowns. Yeah. That was the kind of player he was. It is insane that he's made his way yep. to the cornerback's room at Ohio State. But here he is finding a way to deliver. Yep. It's a great story to, to pivot like that from high school from a small high school in Michigan, just like we have out here in Ohio. But man, yep. he has found a way to make a difference on the field. Before we skip to Maryland, oh, and one more thing on what you said about just the Galvin. This team, and I completely agree, back in 2014, I don't think we win the national championship if we don't lose to Virginia Tech at the beginning Absolutely. of the season. Which is a crazy thing to think about, but sometimes it takes – what what does Woody say? There's nothing like getting nothing, punched in the mouth. No. What is it's it? Nothing, nothing cleanses your soul quite like an ass-kicking. I oh, believe it's the quote. That's what it is. I think that's it. And, and sometimes it takes some like something wild like that to just readjust. You know, Ryan Day, he took a look at the defense. He made the adjustments that needed to be made, even though ever. Listen, this program was on fire the week after Oregon. People okay. were like, pull the All fire. Right. I hate to go back, but it was there's nothing that puts the soul like getting the hell kicked out of you. Sorry to our younger listeners. That's the quote by Woody Hayes. Okay. <laughs> No, I'm, glad we, I'm glad we got it right. Um, <laughs> last thing before we move to Maryland, Ronnie Hickman. I mean, what a guy on our defense led the team in tackles uh, last uh, last game, but not not only does he make the tackles, this guy can knock the chocolate. And I've said this before. He knocks the chocolate out of people. I mean, when he comes up, it's like you can hear the foot. say so he comes over from safety and he knocks guys down. I think he may have had like a, I don't know if he had a forced fumble or not uh, last game, but I mean, you, you can tell, like pe- people are looking for him, you know, on his way down the field. He's already got two interceptions, uh, one for a touchdown against Akron. But I, I, he's definitely a player to watch and a sophomore. So once again, just the young guys on the defensive side of the ball kind of leading this team. Adam, with that, we got to move on to Maryland sure. um, th- this weekend. Number one for you and I, the homecoming game. Love, Absolutely. love the homecoming game. Ohio State, as, as an institution, does not do a very good job and I can insult my employer with this, I think, but they do not do a very good job with homecoming for the most part. You know, the the court is great and they do a good job celebrating the folks who are elected as homecoming royalty. But what we it, it's just not that big of a deal like the day of homecoming. Yeah, we have the parade on Friday, which you and I are personally connected to. But as an institution, sure. I think we could we could pour more time and money into making it a bigger deal because it should be. It's the time for folks to come home, obviously. Um Adam and I's connection, obviously members of Farmhouse International Fraternity, Alpha Tau Zeta at Ohio State. Uh, I believe a decade-long run of first or second place in the homecoming float contest. And the men of Farmhouse are hard at work this evening, finishing up the final touches of this year's homecoming float. Adam, any just any any words to share about homecoming? No, I mean, the week, the week leading up to it was always late nights spent in Plum Hall at uh, Ohio State's agricultural campus, uh, you know, just across the river there, CFAS, if you will. Um, just a lot of a lot of hours and minutes and seconds spent pumping, pumping chicken sheet metal uh, just to create, and, and our engineers coming in to create just a masterful design. Um, it's always a wonderful time of year and uh, Hopefully the boys up in Columbus can get it done this year on uh, float build. But just very fun. It seems like it's Maryland more often than not, oddly enough, who who we're facing for homecoming. But uh, I'm excited to kick the doors off the Terrapins. What do you think? Love it. And let's roll into the weekend. This weekend, we got a noon kick on October 9th, 2021, the year of our Lord, uh, taking on the Maryland Terrapins, Terrapins, whatever it is. Scott and Van Piltz alma mater. So we tried to get on Twitter. He didn't respond, but he told me he, you know, he texted me back, but he, he said he was unavailable tonight. Um, oh, nice. Of yeah, very nice. Uh, Ohio State walks into the game as a uh, on, on ESPN's predictor, a 93 percent favorite, 93 percent chance of them winning the game. They're favored by 21 points walking into the shoe on Saturday. Um you know, I, I don't have a ton to share other than their offense is completely opposite, essentially a Rutgers Rutgers was kind of built on the run. Uh, they tried to do some play action pass as the score kind of got out of there. And that's the reason that that game got so lopsided. They tried to keep, you know, passing it. And obviously it was not working uh, later into the game. But, you know, uh, this Maryland team actually pretty sound offensively, minus last week against Iowa. They drop a crazy game. Um uh, to the Hawkeyes. They lose 51 to 14. They get blown out, which nobody loses by that much to Iowa, except maybe us a few years ago. <clears throat> um, but, you know, this Maryland team, much more of a pass heavy offense, um, you know, than Rutgers pretty, uh, they're not totally unbalanced. They're averaging right now, 150 yards on the ground a game and about 317 through the air, which puts them, I think in the mid thirties nationally as an offense. Um they're averaging about 32 points a game scoring and then giving up about 21. So, you know, our defenses points per game wise are, are pretty similar, but ours is skewed, obviously, from the Oregon game. And then, you know, we're putting up about 45 points a game. So as far as the numbers are concerned, I think we're going to run the crap out of the ball. I think that they're not going to be able to stop the run at all. Um, the big name on their offense, Adam, is Dante Demas Jr. He's the lead receiver for them this year. Um, believe he has 28 receptions, 507 yards, three touchdowns, and an average catch uh, gain of 18.1 yards a catch. He's gone. Uh, sadly for them, I believe he was injured after um, he was injured at the game uh, against Iowa and went uh, underwent a knee surgery. So he's out for the season. Um, the reason I bring that up is I believe Maryland's quarterback only had. I may have to look that up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tunga Viola Tua's brother, um, up at Maryland, believe he only had one interception through the first four games. They lose Demas junior after, uh, at Iowa last week, he throws five interceptions in that game. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. We obviously never celebrate injuries or anything like that, but it's pretty inarguable to say that their offense is going to look the same this Saturday as it has all season. Um, Adam, why don't you just give us maybe a prediction or two for the for the game this weekend? Um, The the passing-heavy offense actually makes me a little nervous, but also opens up a great opportunity for Ohio State's defensive ends to finally make a big showing. Um, I think you are seeing just from that box score on interceptions. You know, five is three is unacceptable. Five is like a mockery of the entire sport. I think you know. Iowa decided, hey, we don't need to sack this guy. Just make him nervous, and he's going to throw a pick probably, which is better than a sack. Um, I think we, hopefully, just for Maryland's sake, you're going to see an adjustment that Tua is going to take a few more sacks instead of trying to force some stuff. And his name's not even Tua. It's Talia, I think, T-A-U-L-I-A for an all-time names team. Those analysts at home trying to sound that one out. Um I think we will see a rise in sacks from Ohio State, maybe a few less interceptions. It's just absurd to throw six interceptions in a game, counting the backup. Other than that, yeah, I just don't think they're going to have any chance at stopping this Ohio State offense. You know, the running game is just going to be incredible. Uh, Game at home, which I think uh, will be interesting to see how CJ responds there. Hopefully we have a supportive Buckeye crowd for a guy that's just now gaining some confidence. Um, I'm going to need a minute to work out a score prediction, but I think Ohio state wins this pretty comfortably and we can talk about it. Yeah. Take your minute. I can talk for a sec. No big deal. Um, yeah, to me, and we'll see if Saturday confirms this, but I really do feel like the offense found another gear last Saturday against Rutgers. I I think that they're finally kind of realizing their potential. And Adam, I don't know how much we talked about it this off season. This is (laughs) maybe the most talented Ohio state offense there's ever been minus the quarterback. That was the only question we had, you know, going into this season. And now it finally looks like we may have the dude like somebody not only, you know, maybe he's not Justin Fields, right. Justin Fields was a generational talent, you know, here at Ohio state for my money, probably the best quarterback we've ever had. Um, And for CJ to kind of have to step into that role and live up to those expectations as a freshman, Completely unfair. But now look at us, you know, not only has he grown through his first, let's see, he must, he has four starts, right? Because he didn't start against Akron. He looks like a brand new player. He looks confident. His shoulder looks healthy. He ran it a couple of times uh, against Rutgers. If we can have that threat on the ground, it totally changes our offense again. But folks, I, I we joked about it with the national championship trophy, but we, we got a real team here. And I know that everybody, you know, was pulling the fire alarm and everything, um, you know, with the outcome of the Oregon game. I, I, I felt it then. We took that recording at the end of the game. You know, there was there's stuff to work on. We're really young. Not only are we young, but we had older players on the team that, that couldn't, you know, it's not mean to say, they couldn't play at the standard, you know, that we expect here at Ohio State. Some of that with the line, linebacker room. You've seen that with some of the transfer portal announcements already. This team team is going to put up points all year. Now, I don't think Adam or I or either of us are saying they're going to walk through the conference. I don't feel that way. I'm sure there's probably going to be another game that gives us trouble. But, uh, you know, our eyes work. This offense can score like crazy, like maybe historically crazy. And as long as the offense is churning and the defense can get a stop, literally that's all we need out of the defense. We need a stop or two. Because we can score with anybody you know, in this league as long as the offense is rolling. But Adam, back to you. What's your score prediction for Saturday? Okay. Now this is with a, quite a bit of math and a little bit of scratching out guesses and getting back to it. But um, it, it almost sounds absurd to make a prediction like this. But this is what I've got rolling out here. And I might even back this Maryland number down. But I've got Ohio State getting seven touchdowns and two field goals at 55 points. Okay. And I've got... I've got Maryland. I've got know, scoring 20, that'd be two TDs and two field goals, but I think oh god, I hate to do it cuz it might wreck the prediction. I'm going to take one touchdown off the board. I think this is a a blowout of blowouts, so that will make it let's see 7 plus 6, that's 13. Ohio State graduate here. So 55-13 is my prediction. State school, state school. Um So two field goals and a touchdown for them is what you're thinking. Um, Yeah. I'm right there with you. I mean, they're going to – in my mind, they're going to cover unless we see a crazy, like, change from last week. But give me Ohio State – I don't think we break 50 just because we don't do that back-to-back a ton. Give me Ohio State 49, Maryland 17. Two touchdowns and a field goal, I think. Are you writing that down for us? Say it one more time. Ohio State 49 – Maryland 17. Okay, I got you. And with that, uh, do you have anything else? Do you want to get into the gambling corner? Yeah, let's let's do it. Why don't you introduce it for us? Okay, I'm sorry, I just typing the scores out. Um, so, everybody, welcome to Adam's gambling corner. And we were discussing before the show, but Adam's been a lot like Lee Corso this year in the fact that <laughs> Yeah, I bring the hype, I bring the juice, I bring the excitement, but usually not very accurate on what happens. So always take my advice with a grain of salt as I've started the season about as cold as cold gets. That being said, we'll go into it probably the – not probably. It's the biggest game of the weekend. Hang on, hang on, hang on. A huge hang on. Big Ten matchup. Make, Adam, make up what you think our records are for both of us at this point in the season. Make up what it is? Yeah, just say what whatever. I'm going to say it. you're – okay. I'm going to say you're batting probably about – probably about 500 and i'm going to say i'm batting about maybe 150 right, maybe I mean, I mean i'm well above 500 like that's not <laughs> well what do you I, got I thought, do, do I thought you have it now yeah i'm uh, i believe i'm 10 3 and 1 with the push and you are you know i don't have yours i just went through mine but just count mine as zero it's a new lily pad we're starting <laughs> starting fresh here at you know Home base. Okay, go back. The game of the weekend. Okay. Game of the weekend. And, folks, uh, this – how many times do we see a top five matchup that has – in the Big Ten that has nothing to do with our Ohio State Buckeyes? That speaks to just what an incredible, you know, program we have. And just we are almost always a center of attention, but we take ourselves out to Iowa City – where Iowa is a two-point favorite over the Nittany Lions of uh, Happy Valley. Ryan, what do you think? Uh, if I'm rooting for Penn State in this game just because I like Eastern Division folks to be undefeated, but my brain tells me Iowa gets this done at home. They got a strong defense, you know, the brand is there. Everything that Kirk does for great Iowa teams, this Iowa team looks like that. So give me Iowa at home, lay those two points down. Sure. And something I wanted to bring to the attention of the podcast listeners is the last time uh, Iowa has played in a top five matchup against another uh, Big Ten team in the regular season, Uh, Jim Harbaugh was on the roster of the team they faced. I believe it was a 1v3 matchup back in, I wish I had it here, uh, 1985. It was 1v2, okay? Iowa gets it done in Iowa City on a last-second field goal and probably would have proceeded to the national championship if it weren't for the Ohio State University wrecking their plans later in the season. Uh, a lot of parody in that season, but yeah, man, good, for, yeah. good callback. Uh, yeah, interesting callback. Uh, just speaks to what a huge freaking game it is for the conference for it not involve Ohio State and or, you know or meat chicken a, or or meat chicken. Absolutely, I mean Iowa versus Penn State. This is a huge game, guys. If you've got nothing going on, get the popcorn and sit down and you know have yourself a refreshment. This is a huge one. Okay, we. Lord willing, we'll be playing both of these teams in this season, but that remains to be seen. Ryan, give me Iowa. I think this is an Iowa team that comes around once every 10 years maybe. You know, this program, Iowa has had a solid program for what they're capable of uh, under the Ference era. I think this is a team that's really bringing some heat. He's recruited good enough and, you know, developed well enough that, this is a team that's going to do some damage and going to make some Buckeye fans nervous, uh, in December, but, uh, give me Iowa and I will uh, leave those points. So that's where you're at. Also, we'll move on to the next game. We've got meat chicken taking on Nebraska. This tells you what Vegas thinks of this meat chicken team folks. They are only a three and a half point favorite against Scott Frost's dwindling Nebraska team. Um, no, I can't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. All right, one second, one second. <laughs> You're sharing your screen, which is good. Share sound. Restart your audio sharing app. What the? Oh, my gosh. Never mind. I'm here, taking... here, here, here. I get it. <laughs> What's it What's it oh, even I matter? From here. All right, just, just make your pick. Make your pick. Who cares? You, you know what? I, I was going to take – Hey, nobody's listening. <laughs> What's it matter? Nobody's listening. Um, gosh, I've been back and forth on this one. Uh, you okay, know what? J- we'll ju- keep keep ju- talking. No, no, now. no. I'll just J- pull it up. Just, right. be- just because I got the music messed up, I'm going to take me chicken. Lay the 3.5 points down. I think it was a sign. Ryan is rolling with – uh, the boys in blue and gold to hopefully and once again i think this is not a bad thing to say as a buckeye fan you want them undefeated when they walk into uh well when we walk into the big house at the end of the season so yeah i'll, I'll take them I, I don't love the pick i was gonna pick nebraska but because i didn't get the music pulled up i'm, I'm taking them wait what is that what's what <laughs> Yeah, that's right, baby. It's pretty quiet. Nebraska, Cornhusker, fight song. Let's go, okay? We're talking about 200-plus yields on irrigated sandy soil. I'm taking the Huskers all the way. I'm taking those points. Meat chicken goes down. Their time has come. You know what? Their time is over. Nebraska's time is now. Three and a half. Let's go. Adams' comeback starts now, gambling corner.
1: Scott Frost,
0: yeah. Scott Frost, uh, did you hear the fight song? Go quick on the last one. <laughs> did you hear the, did you hear the okay. fight song? Okay, okay. Oklahoma, Texas. Oklahoma's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Guys, this is the Red River rivalry. I'll go first on this one. <clears throat> this is me not watching the Big 12, or should I say the SEC, because they're both cowards and they're going to where, you know, they're trying to join some mega-conferencing and it's going to help. Cough, cough, Texas A&M. We'll see how that goes. All right, I'm taking Oklahoma, and I think it's not even a game this year. This is the first time – or not the first time, but it's – in recent years, this game is not going to be close. Give me Oklahoma all the way. I don't need the points. I don't need the points, but I'm taking them. I'm going to take the points. I don't need them because Texas is going to win the game outright, but I'm taking the three and a half. Okay. Uh, Okay. You know, Sarkeesian needs a marquee win this season. This is crazy to say at this point. Texas could make the playoff. <laughs> no, um, get out of here. Now, get now out they, of here. There's no chance that they do, but I am saying they're going to win Saturday. I've I've seen Oklahoma almost choke away victories so many different times. This Texas team is not horrible. Bijan Robinson might be the best running back in the country. Um, outside okay, of Tribune, the fact that you our, said our Bijan guy, kind of reminded me, maybe I should swap sides. Our guy Henderson. Um, I forgot about our boy. And yeah, give me Texas and uh, give me those points. Let me gobble them points. Right. Up. And then Adam, the last one, of course, yeah. and we go ahead. Yeah, we we both already picked it. The last one, Ohio State uh, minus uh, favored by twenty-one points against Maryland. Adam and I are both laying the points down in a blowout victory for Ohio State. That's the prediction. We'll see what happens. Yep. At, uh, Adam, no no coaches corner this week, but maybe that segment returns in the bye week next week. Yep. 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 Okay, Adam. Anything Wait for else? That. Anything else for the people at home? No, um, but man, nothing cleanses the soul quite like a blowout over Rutgers to just bring people back to the fan base. And uh, I'm very excited for the game Saturday. Same here. Same here. Uh, Those of you, thanks for tuning in. This episode went longer than we were either of us were thinking, but appreciate you listening. Love talking about Ohio State football. We're in a victory week right now. Hopefully we get into a victory week next week and be able to sail that bye week into a huge one against Indiana here in two weeks. But Adam, thanks for joining for another episode of the Silver Bullet Bullet Saga. Saga.